Welcome to podcast episode 199. I'm Stuart McCullough, I'm the CEO of VHAA. And joining me for this week's discussions, Bree Marinium, uh, Workplace Advisor. Uh, welcome, Bree. Thanks, Stuart. Good to be here. So, uh, you know the drill, we're going to have some uh, clues, and those clues will suggest uh, the topic for today's discussion. So the first one uh, is just going to come up on screen. It's an image. Uh, for the benefit of those people who are listening rather than watching uh, to this uh, podcast, would you like to describe that first image? Uh, it's a man sporting uh, a mullet wearing what looks like jean shorts. Jean shorts, indeed. Uh, and I think the technical term for jean shorts uh, uh, is jorts. Jorts. Uh, as such, we'll move on to the second image and uh, you'll be detecting a theme at this point. Uh, I think we have uh, Chuck Norris. Uh, would you describe the image? Yeah, uh, so we've got Chuck, Chuck Norris in one of his signature poses. With, um, he's sporting jorts as well. They're a little bit shorter <laughs> than the jorts in the first image. It's a little confronting. Uh, I believe he answers the door that way uh, <laughs> as such. And uh, the third, um, for, for our science fiction fans, uh, we have a third image. Wow. Um, I, <laughs> that's Darth Vader, also sporting some jorts. Yes, I think the caption for that particular image is... Uh, May the jorts be with you. So I, I think jorts are you know, that combination of jean shorts, mm. uh, which is kind of the unicorn of the fashion world. Um, really, it, it speaks, well, uh, it says a lot of things about, uh, about a person, but particularly, I guess it refers to a particular kind of um, approach to, to getting dressed. Based on those images, uh, Bri, what would you say the subject for today's discussion is? Well, given those clues, I, I think that's a very casual way of dressing. Um, my best guess would be that we're talking about casual employment. That is correct, Bree. Uh, we are talking about uh, the recent High Court decision with regards to casual employment. And just to, now that those images are off screen, uh, I think this is the first time I've ever had to say in a podcast, do not try that at home. <laughs> uh, do not take that as an encouragement from BHAA to start wearing jean shorts uh, as, as such. But yes, we're, we're going to be talking about casuals and a recent High Court decision. Right, so before we talk about the recent High Court decision, I think it's important that we go back to where it all began, which was Workpack and Skeen. So the Skeen decision was handed down in 2018, but before that, how were casuals treated? Well, I think before Skeen, um, there, there was a general acceptance that those employees uh, who were engaged and paid uh, as, as casuals were casuals. Now, certainly that was the language uh, that was common to, to awards. Um, so entitlements to casual loading were uh, included in awards on the basis that casuals were not entitled to leave, um, for instance, under the NES, uh, amongst other things. So why did employers rely on this common award definition? Well, uh, in terms of that common award definition, it's got to be remembered that the Fair Work Act uh, at that time did not contain a definition of casual employee. Um, so that's what really takes us to that decision in, in work pack and scheme, uh, where the court really spoke to that issue of what the term casual uh, meant uh, and how it should be understood. And you'll see the case reference up there on screen. So what meaning did they give to that term? Well, it was found that a casual employee had no firm advance commitment from the employer to continuing an indefinite work according to an agreed pattern of work, uh, which 
uh, according to the court uh, scheme, uh, did have. And what was the key consideration? So the federal court found that when determining whether or not an employee was a casual and in turn whether they were entitled to leave benefits under the national employment standards, the entirety of the employment relationship should be considered, including post-contractual conduct. Why was this decision so controversial, as people said? Yeah, well, controversial for some. Um, so I know it got a lot of attention at the time, but um, that sort of idea of looking at the whole of the relationship was not new. So the main takeaway for employers was that the characterization of a given employment relationship could change over time. And although the written terms of the uh, enterprise agreement and employment contracts and scheme made it clear that the employment was, was casual, other factors were given greater weight and the relationship was ultimately held not to be casual employment. So in other words, the mode of employment is based on what is in practice, not just the words in the contract. That's correct. So following scheme, we had another example of an employee of the same organisation work pack, uh, Mr. Rosado. So he came forward after his retirement and claimed that he was incorrectly classified as a casual employee. Most people take up lawn bowls uh, as part of retirement, but uh, in this instance, uh, it, was a, a, uh, it was a claim, it was a legal action. Um, that's correct. Rosado wrote to Workpack claiming that in light of that decision of scheme, uh, he should have been classified as a permanent employee and as such, he was entitled to payments in respect of annual leave, paid personal carers leave, paid compassionate leave and public holiday payments under the Fair Work Act, uh, as well as the 2012 Workpack uh, Enterprise Agreement. And how did Workpack respond to these claims? So Workpack uh, actually took it upon themselves to initiate federal court proceedings. And you'll see their case reference there, and people might remember we had done a podcast on this. So Workpack contended that Mr. Rosado should properly be regarded as a casual employee, and that as such, he was not entitled to the payments that he claimed. Failing that, Workpack uh, argued that it should, it could either recover the payments it made uh, to Mr. Rosado by way of casual loading, or set them off against any sums owing in respect to annual personal and compassionate leave. And what was the federal court's decision? Well, seemingly it backfired for WorkPAC uh, in that the full court found that Mr. Rosado was not a true casual employee at law for the purposes of the Fair Work Act uh, and upheld the reasoning in the scheme decision. Uh, all three members of the court also rejected WorkPAC's arguments in relation to set off and the restitution of casual loading. So what was the main consideration? So in that federal court decision, the court reached the conclusion on the basis of that Mr. Rosado's employment arrangements were such that in accordance with the common law understanding of casual employment, he had firm advanced commitment of, of continuing employment with WorkPAC. Uh, and just to, uh, I mentioned before our previous podcast, uh, there's more detail on that in that podcast in episode 156. And this decision has now been overturned by the High Court. It has. So earlier this month, on the 4th of August, the High Court uh, overturned the full federal court's decision in uh, the matter of Workpack and Rosado. And uh, once again, we'll just put that case reference, that decision reference up on the screen. So in its decision, the High Court first outlined the details of Mr. Rosado's employment with Workpack. Uh, that's right. In summary, they, they outlined that Mr. Rosado was employed on a series of six separate but continuous contracts in which he was identified as a casual. 
For the duration of the six contracts, Mr. Rosado was never asked by WorkPAC whether he intended to attend work on a day he was rostered, nor did Mr. Rosado ever inquire whether he would be required to attend work on a day he was rostered. He was a drive-in, drive-out employee who stayed in accommodation provided by the mine operator whilst in sight, and Mr. Rosado worked principally on a seven days on, seven days off roster, which was set in advance by the mine operator in January of each year. That is a long way in advance. So then the High Court considered the terms and conditions of Mr. Rosado's employment. Could you elaborate on what those were? Yeah, so Mr. Rosado's employment was governed by a set of general conditions, the enterprise agreement and six individual contracts of casual engagement. The main terms were as follows. Um, the employment was on an assignment by assignment basis, with each assignment representing a discrete period of employment on a casual or maximum term hourly basis. Um, the employee could accept or reject um, uh, that assignment, uh, the offer of an assignment. Uh, on completion of an assignment, whether satisfactory or, or otherwise, WorkPAC was under no obligation to offer any further assignments. The period of an assignment could be varied or terminated by WorkPAC or by WorkPAC's client on one hour's notice. Each of the three contracts contained some reference to casual loading, and there was a schedule to the contracts that contained a breakdown of the casual loading. For example, 11% was paid for annual leave, 5% for personal leave, etc. And what was the High Court's decision? So the first thing to note about the High Court's decision, it was unanimous. Uh, and it upheld WorkPAC's uh, appeal, finding that the full federal court erred in its finding that Mr. Rosado was other than a casual employee under the Fair Work Act and the applicable enterprise agreement. So the High Court held that Mr. Rosado was properly characterised as a casual employee and therefore not entitled to paid leave while engaged on consecutive casual contracts with pre-programmed work well in advance. Members may recall from episode 185 that since the Rosado decision of the federal court, a new definition of casual employee has been inserted into the Fair Work Act. Did the High Court take this into account at all? So you're right about that. There has been a change to the Fair Work Act. Recent amending legislation has created a statutory definition of a casual employee. But in this case, the amending legislation didn't apply to Mr. Rosado. So the new provisions of the Fair Work Act uh, expressly exclude from its application um, uh, its application employees whom the courts have made a binding decision before the commencement of that amending legislation. So uh, it, it was cut out uh, from on the basis of time. So what was the issue to be determined? Well, both parties and the High Court accepted that casual employees are those with no firm advance commitment of ongoing work, which is consistent with the full federal court in scheme. So the questions before the court were, when does such a commitment arise? And in Mr. Rosado's circumstances, did such a commitment exist? So having determined the meaning of casual employment, what did the High Court say about the fixed rosters that were set in advance? Yeah, so interestingly, the High Court expressed the view that the fact Mr. Rosado's working hours were fixed by rosters was of limited significance and that the full court placed um, the full federal court had said uh, pay, placed inordinate emphasis on this facet of his uh, of Mr. Rosado's employment. So the fact that Mr. Rosado worked in accordance with an established structure fixed long in advance by rosters, some cases up to 12 months in advance, 
uh, did not establish a commitment to ongoing employment relationship beyond the completion of each assignment. So the full federal court emphasised the regular and systematic nature of Mr Rosado's employment. What did the High Court say about the shift structure itself? Yeah, so once again, the, the High Court rejected this part of the full federal court's decision, stating that the full federal court erred in attributing to the attributing to the systematic nature of Mr Rosado's work a significance that was critical to the court's ultimate characterisation of Mr Rosado's employment. The High Court concluded that what was absent was a firm advanced commitment to continuing work beyond the completion of the particular assignment. So whilst Mr Rosado might fairly be said to have had, to have had over time a reasonable expectation of continuing employment on a regular and systematic basis, that did not establish a commitment between the parties to an ongoing working relationship after each assignment was, was completed. So basically, just because a casual employee works on a regular and systematic basis, this doesn't necessarily mean they're incorrectly classified. Yeah, so I mean, I think it's worth sounding a note of caution with regards to this, because people should be um, mindful of the definitions and enterprise agreements about what a casual is, uh, as well as so it's distinct from part-time or full-time, and also bear in mind that we have casual conversion provisions. But uh, in terms of this decision, the High Court did speak at length about those qualities being compatible with the notion of casual employment uh, in the Act. And for a really interesting reason, um, sort of referring to long-term casuals having an entitlement to parental leave and requesting flexible work arrangements and protections from unfair dismissal, which is really indicative of the way that um, casual employment conceptually has evolved over time. Mm. And did they consider post-contractual conduct like Skeen and Rosado? No, they didn't. So they said the full federal court and Skeen and Rosado erred in considering the entirety of the employment relationship beyond what was written in the contracts. They said by referring to the conduct of the parties to the employment relationship and the real substance, practical reality and true nature of the relationship was really strained from the orthodox path. So what's the ultimate decider of whether an employee is to be considered a true casual? Yeah, so the High Court made it clear that where parties commit the terms of their employment relationship to a written contract and subsequently adhere to the agreed terms, the requisite firm advance commitment must be found in the binding contractual obliga obligations of the parties and not the uh, sort of uh, the conduct outside of the contract. It's really giving primacy to the contract. And in Rosado's case, the emphasis was on the contractual arrangements. Absolutely. So the court held that the contractual arrangements between Workpack and Rosado did not include a mutual commitment to an ongoing working relationship after the completion of each uh, assignment. In fact, the High Court uh, found that the terms of Mr Rosado's contracts were inconsistent with the finding of a commitment to ongoing work as Workpack held no obligation to offer another assignment after the last one. And what did the High Court find in relation to the casual loading being set off against any entitlements owed? Well, given the High Court's findings that Mr Rosado was indeed a casual employee, it was considered unnecessary to consider whether Workpack was entitled to set off the casual loading paid to Mr Rosado uh, against any paid leave entitlements he would have been due if he was found to be a permanent employee. It simply didn't get to that point. But has this position been clarified by legislation? Yeah, it has. So the same amendments that inserted a definition of a casual employee also um, put in provisions about double dipping, uh, 
if an employer can show with sufficient clarity that an employee has been paid casual loading but is subsequently found to be entitled to national employment standards, uh, the court can reduce the amount owing um, to as far as but not beyond zero. But uh, members should also recall amongst that suite of changes are also the changes about offering ongoing employment uh, to some casual employees and the requirement for an assessment, uh, which we cover off in that previous podcast. Thanks for taking us through that case, Stuart. Um, that's that's no trouble at all, uh, Bream. And uh, I think this is probably the first time where we've had um, this is a sequel to, to earlier podcasts. So I certainly encourage members to have a look at the earlier podcasts. But uh, again, uh, worth bearing in mind that yes, that the, the ground is shifting with regards to casual employment, uh, but still to ensure that people are looking at those definitions and also considering those uh, conversion terms so that people who can be ongoing are ongoing. But um, thank you for the opportunity, Bree. You're welcome. Thanks, Stuart. Thank you.